When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step right up and see the world's tallest woman. This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode we walk you through the world of a story song, and this week we're doing Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress uh, by the Hollies. This song, that I just want to say they love adjectives. There are <laughs> one, two, three, four in the title alone, <laughs> yep. so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Wait, but what is- Three. What is, oh, go ahead. Three? Oh, Don't no. exaggerate, Dan. Long, cool. Oh yeah, woman. I guess it's not a. No. Adjective. Yeah, that's right. A woman. Woman is not an adjective, Dan. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Long, cool, black. <laughs> anyway, um, so what is the story? We, we also have story? two nouns, so they like nouns too. They do. Yes. Can we do a sentence um, tree, please? <laughs> <laughs> so what is the story of this story song? Well. Um, there's an undercover agent, mm-hmm. uh, who is preparing to take down a gang of bootleggers in a speakeasy when he sees a female singer and he immediately falls in love with her. Then, uh, all the cops show up, the whole gang is arrested, but our hero, uh, doesn't turn in the long, cool woman in a black dress. Uh, he protects her and then it's hinted that they're going to start a relationship. So Aww. A, a nice, healthy relationship. Sure. Uh, begun when he uh, protected her from getting arrested uh, from a, a violent uh, gang. So, you know, a solid basis to build a relationship. Yeah, they say high, high stress situations are the perfect time to start relationships. <laughs> right. Those relationships always last. Well, yes. And also getting arrested or, you know, being saved from being arrested in a speakeasy was the 1930s version of Tinder. It happens. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All the time. Swipe right was originally like 23 <laughs> skidoo. Like, sure. You swipe right, meaning you go right because the cops are coming right. in the left side. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think yeah. that was the password to get in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the guy at the door would like open the thing. Like the, the little... He'd swipe it right. Yeah, yeah, he would swipe it right, right and say, really trying on that one. And if he thought you were uggo, he'd say, you better swipe left. <laughs> well, you would close the little the little door. And that's swiping yeah. left. Oh, yeah. That's that's what swiping left meant. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I think we I think we fixed it. I think we we sort of <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> 
started, I will say this. I read these lyrics. I listened to the song. It's one of those songs that I have listened to my entire life and never paid attention to the lyrics. And then I listened to the lyrics and I still didn't 100% understand what was happening. This is, this is a song for me that I wasn't sure that I knew it. And then I heard the opening guitar and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I know this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's that song. I feel like this is a song that's in every movie yeah. that needs to establish a uh, time period as vaguely late 60s, early 70s. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a this car. Is... There's a, they're, they're in a car. So, right. The camera's in a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Following a car <laughs> that's either going like around a mountain band right. or... Through a desert, you know, yeah, yeah. A very <laughs> big beige car. Uh, let's start here at the top. I personally feel like, and and this is a big reason why I wanted to do this song, is I think this might be one of the coolest opening lines of any song in history. Um, which is Saturday night, I was downtown working for the FBI. <laughs> um, now I will say that. I didn't really understand much of what is said after that because uh, it's a little hard. But, man, that is a great – that's yeah. a great opener. Wait, yeah. hold on. Saturday night I was downtown. Oh, okay. He was hanging out at a bar working for the FBI. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? That's awesome. That's crazy. And that's the part that sets it apart from most other songs, I think. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Because most songs are – Saturday night I was downtown getting drunk in a bar or whatever. Sure. Um. This guy's working for the FBI. But I got to say this. On a Saturday uh, night, you better be getting work. time and a half. You better yeah. be getting time and a half weekend from the FBI. Weekend work is tough. Yeah. So tough. That the FBI, job description even said some nights and weekends. It did. Right. But you, don't, you never expect them to mean it. Yeah. You never right. expect them to mean it. But if you're in the right. FBI, you better expect it. Yeah. I feel like all they're doing is working weekends. Well, weekdays too. All the time, the FBI. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's They're not just. Right not, now, it's not two days a week. We're saying. They're recording everything we're saying. So that's right. They're yeah. recording. They're they're working. No, wait, that's, all the time. That's us. We're recording what we're saying. I was I was wondering if you if we had to explain what a podcast is. <laughs> all this is being recorded. <laughs> this all, well, it also all gets turned over to the government immediately. I just the poor FBI agent who has to go through <laughs> these episodes and being like, "Hey, do you, we got any more word on uh, uh, insurrectionists or uh, terrorists?" I uh, know these guys talked about a, a line from a song for like nine <laughs> straight minutes. I don't know. It was one line. Any pattern? One line. The only pattern I can find is that two of them are going to make a joke about a <laughs> musical, and one of them isn't going to get it. That's the only pattern I've seen. And I've listened uh, to 60 episodes. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, so, I mean, I will say this. Um, there apparently is some sort of a network, uh, some sort of underground network. I'm not exactly sure what they're planning. But, I mean, it's, it's apparently an all-connected story song universe, they call it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but... I we are definitely I, this is going all the way to the top. Yeah. We're bringing this directly to Biden uh, <laughs> because we have got to open an investigation into this. Um, there are two okay. people named Patches. I think we need to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not possible. One of them has to be a fake. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. The second patch is just a false flag. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so Saturday night I was downtown working for the FBI. Now here we now here here's the lyrics that I never understood, and perhaps you at home feel the same way. Saturday night I was downtown working for the FBI, sitting in a nest of bad men, whiskey bottles piling high. Um so I don't know, I'm not that familiar with the nesting patterns of the North American bad man. Um, <laughs> but apparently they do nest because yes. he was in a nest of bad men. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they're, you know, they just, they're settling in with their, with their whiskey. They're, mm. it's like, it's like when a pregnant woman gets her house, <laughs> like all prepared. Like right. they're just, they're just nesting. They're getting prepared for bootlegging. <laughs> also many times back then, whiskey bottles would be in crates of, of like, hay and straw so maybe they're actually building a nest <laughs> who knows they're getting making good use of that stuff he's by himself huh no he didn't have a he doesn't have a partner well so if you're undercover. in a speakeasy and somebody walks in and they're wearing like sunglasses and uh have a black jacket that says fbi on it uh-huh i mean probably no one's going to be sitting with him no i yeah, don't think true. he no, but he he's undercover, Michael. But he's not very good at it. <laughs> They're like, hey, Jim, please tell me you did not wear your jacket in there. Mm. Was I not supposed to? Jim! <laughs> Guys, look, first of all, I'm going to say this. It was a little chilly in there. So, <laughs> yes. It's all right. I did wear my jacket. I covered for myself. I covered for myself. I call myself a female body inspector. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jim. You win this time. <laughs> No, no, it's cool. It's cool. I left my I left my FBI hat in the car, so yeah, nobody knew. Also, I was uh, yeah, I was thinking of uh, making T-shirts and selling them on uh, (laughs) the Miami boardwalk. I don't know what you guys think about that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he is he is undercover, um, but I guess he is like guys. I told it it totally worked out because I I said they were in a nest. And uh, that's the hip slang that all the bootleggers use. Yeah. So we're totally. <laughs> they get it. Totally they don't good. suspect a thing. <laughs> yep. He yeah. walked in and he was like, hey, fellows, how's everything happening in this nest? <laughs> <laughs> good to see you. <sighs> um, I'll have so, some illegal whiskey, friend. Yes. I'll have one booze, please. <laughs> um, so this is something that, that happens in. Uh, stories about olden times, which is that they treat hard liquor like whiskey, like it was beer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're drinking bottles at the time. A whiskey, you, you wanna you wanna sip a whiskey. You know what I mean? You don't wanna you you can't drink like a whole bottle. My only point being that either, um, people were just str- made of stronger stuff back then. Uh huh. Which which, whatever it is, is probably true. Right. And secondly, people were just like rip roaring drunk all the time. I'm not talking about buzzed. Or I'm not talking about a little tipsy. I'm talking like just wasted all the time because they were just drinking like whole bottles of whiskey. They, I mean, at a time. Or unless it's just real weak whiskey. It's- but I think I don't know. I feel like it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> because there was no regulation. That's true. So it's they were just they, yeah, um, they were just making whatever. I mean, I think, I think, I think we all can agree that, you know, the time of prohibition, everybody was just drunk all the time. Right. All the time. Okay. I also have, this is much like, uh, 
in a, in movies when people drink whiskey like right out of the bottle or they'll have like a little fifth of whiskey and they're just drinking right. it like it's water. I'm like, I know maybe three people who could do that. And right. everybody on TV drinks whiskey like that. And I'm just it's, That's what I'm saying. It's like well, they can't they can't figure out how to drink whiskey and they can't figure out how to hold a coffee cup like there's stuff in it. Those are the two <laughs> things in movies and TV that drive me nuts. Or drive a car. <laughs> that, that wheel's moving a little bit too much. That's right. Like I under, like I understand you're a hard bid 1930s detective. Right. And apparently you really went through it in World War One. I. I got I mean I understand. <laughs> It was rough. We're with you, but but I'm just saying, like they'll do the thing where they'll like they'll, dr- they'll you know they're sipping the flask and then they'll drain it, yeah, whatever. And I I understand that you're you're an alcoholic with a traumatic past. That part I get. The part I don't get is when they're they act like nothing has happened, <laughs> like when they they don't act like they're crazy drunk. You know what I mean? Right. They're just like like they're solving mysteries. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like you would be wasted. That also happens with marijuana on TV or in TV and movies. Yeah. Where people will smoke like amazing amounts of marijuana and then just like have normal conversations and go about their lives like yeah. nothing's going on. No, not happening. It's That's not all how I'm it saying. Happens. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. I feel like people want to do the drugs and the alcohol, but they don't want to then have the two hours where you are a super annoying idiot that no one wants to talk to. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? If you've ever been at a party where you're the only sober one, that you know what I'm talking about. It's a nightmare. There right. that would make for a very different movie. But right, that's what I'm saying. It would be it would be real, but it would be right. real. Right. So, We're like the heart, like the heart bitten detective, like the dame is like pouring her heart out and telling him like everything that he needs to know, and then she's just like, "Are are you are you asleep?" <laughs> oh man! He's just like, "What? What? What? Huh? Did you hey. tell me who did it? I did, but yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not saying it again." Write it on the back of my hand. Hey, I'll wake hey, up and I'll know what it means. Write it on the back of my hand. Hey, have you ever heard Louis Armstrong? That guy <laughs> is so he's, he's sounds so, so good. He's so funny, but he sounds so funny <laughs> when he sings. It's great. It's you know what? I like you. <laughs> I like you. You want to swipe hair, right? Let's swipe your... right. <laughs> 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 Is this Tinder? Is Tinder been invented yet? Um, Mr. Spade, Johnny didn't come home last night. <laughs> I want pizza. <laughs> you guys want pizza? Do you want pizza? I think we have to like make it or whatever. I don't think they have takeout yet. Um, oh my God, we should invent takeout pizza. And then he just like falls off the couch. Um, so... Uh, so, so then he says bootlegging boozer on the west side. Now, that's the name of the wanna... competing bar. <laughs> right. Well, I looked it up, and boozer is a British term for a place selling illegal liquor. Interesting. Oh. And because this is much like um, the night Chicago died, uh-huh. this is yet another British band writing and singing a song about. American oh. prohibition. I don't know. I don't know what their obsession it. is. I don't know what their obsession is with it, but they love writing songs about it and not doing a lot of research on how it actually <laughs> worked because <laughs> that is not what American uh, speakeasies were called. They weren't called boozers. They were called speakeasies. Yeah, so, we would call a person a boozer. Right. 
Like, that's what uh, I thought. I was like, so there's a bootlegging boozer on the west side. So there's, like, just one person over there. And then right. there's full of other people. That's what I yeah. couldn't understand. This is making more sense now. Right. And this is why, if you've ever... Because the bootlegging boozer, um, he also doesn't say it uh, too clearly. So if you had any right. issue understanding that. Uh, but, yes, a boozer, a loser, and a user. To quote Cherry <laughs> Plank. Um, <laughs> to quote so, what? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, you know what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. I heard that Mr. Plow is a boozer. Oh, that's, that's true. Right. That's right. You better make that call to the Plow King. Um. So, uh, so bootlegging boozer on the west side, full of people who are doing wrong. Just about to call up the DA man when I heard this woman sing a song. Now I am not an expert on American law enforcement. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh-huh. But I feel like if you are an FBI agent, right? Yeah. Do you really need to call up some, the district somebody? attorney? Absolutely not. Saying. Absolutely also, not. Does a district attorney show up to the crime scene? Or I think he or she would get involved later, Absolutely right? After the not. arrest of the head. I'm pretty sure the <laughs> FBI kind of take care of that stuff themselves. Right. And then the DA, I mean, it's a district attorney. FBI is federal. Right. Right? So there's no reason for the DA to get involved right now. This is clearly a federal case. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, it's a I, courtesy. Maybe it's a, maybe it is a professional courtesy. He's like, I'm going to take all these guys down. You know what? No. I'm going to be good. I'm going to call the DA. Just let him know. I'm just going to let him know. I'm going to let him know. This is his district. I should let him know. But so he works with the FBI. Yeah. He calls the DA and then the cops show up. So I don't know what is going on. (laughs) Literally every branch of law enforcement is involved in this. The point I'm trying to make is Brits should not write songs about American (laughs) law enforcement because they have no idea what they're talking about. He says, a pair of 45s made me open my eyes. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Thank you. I did a lot of research. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Oh, come on. What? That's not what that, you don't know what that means? Tell me. What does it mean? I don't, I don't know. Oh. I thought I was going to find out during this episode. (laughs) Oh, I know. I thought you were were all mad because I didn't find out I want to know. Michael knows. What is Michael Michael, what is it? Um, So the woman who was singing the song um, Mm -hmm. had a couple of demos. And back in the day, like (laughs) she couldn't press them to a CD or something. Right. She didn't have a website. So she just was handing out like 45... RPM That's what I thought. Records. I was like, mm. a pair of records made him open his eyes? Yes. I sense. don't know. None of that so, is true. I have no idea what it means. I know. Well, I, I mean, I, I did as much research as I can. Everyone was like, well, a 45 could be a record, which doesn't make any sense. It could be a gun, which would make sense, except for the next line. Doesn't make any sense after that. 45 could be a drink, or, I mean... I'm just going to say it. It sounds like he's referring to a pair of breasts. 
on the woman. I don't know why I said that so clinically, but <laughs> I, I'm just I'm it's trying fine. to I'm trying to but what, it doesn't explain I've this. Never but but what is a 45? No, a pair of 45s. What does that mean? Like I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know a lot about like bra sizes or whatever. But I mean, is no. that supposed to be a no, thing? No, right? Not, no, not even close, try. right? I mean, it's there's. No, I don't know. I'm saying I'm, no. I'm grasping at straws here. If somebody says okay. that their bra size is 45, you say that means nothing. Right. Okay. <laughs> that good. means nothing. Good, good, good. First of all, bra sizes are there's two parts to a bra size, and right. neither one of them is 45. It could be a 44. Bra sizes come in even okay. numbers only, and then a letter. Well, going maybe she along. was like a half. <laughs> you don't think she's gonna have like a half? One, one, one was a 44, one was a 46. He evened it out to a 44. <laughs> she had to even it out. <laughs> that's not even how they work. The cup size is the letter. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, don't get mad at me. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. So, well, anyway, he says, a pair of 45s made me open my eyes. My temperature started to rise. She was a long, cool woman in a black dress. Just a 5'9", beautiful tall now this is the well he says just one look and i was a bad mess because that long cool woman had it all uh-huh. so this guy's had a lot of alcohol presumably mm-hmm. he is has fallen madly in love with this woman he's he's a hot mess he's a bad mess and the way you can know that is because he just starts saying adjectives <laughs> just a five nine beautiful tall right okay you need a noun in there somewhere dude because that, that, what is that supposed to mean um he's- I get that she's beautiful and tall. I will say this. He, he mentions how tall she is several yeah. more times in this song. Now, I understand that 5'9 is, is tall for a yes. woman. It's tall for a woman. But it's not remarkably tall for a woman. Maybe, right? You know what I mean? He just the size. <laughs> I think he's really trying to push down. Like, she's a long, cool woman. You're like, okay. Right. All right. Okay. Like, no, she's 5'9". Yeah. Like, Okay, that's right. tall for a woman, but it's not okay, exceptionally sure. tall. Right. It's above average. It's slightly above average. She's tall, yeah. though. Okay, guy. We get right. it. <laughs> right, right. She's an above average height, cool woman right. in a black dress. There we go. Right. Perfect. She's literally the tallest human being <laughs> that has ever existed. I don't think that's true. And it's I'm not even a black dress. It's like, it's like a pants I suit. don't think that's yeah, true. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're 5'11". So I don't know where, why you're so obsessed with how impossibly tall this woman is. She's like, now you know what would be funny is if he was five eight, right? Yeah. And she was five nine. She she is so tall. Yeah, you can you not? She is five nine. You cannot believe how tall she is, my dude. We are at a WNBA game. Just look right out on the floor. Yeah. There's a lot of there's way taller women in the world. You're way too obsessed with this. She's one inch taller than you, and she's wearing heels. <laughs> Um, he, so the thing about this is in the, in the last verse, he says, when I heard this woman sing a song, do you think that he's falling in love with her voice or do you think he turns around? He's like, Oh, who is singing that garbage? And then he turns around and sees her and says, never mind. Everything right. else is fine. I like he to sees think her and he says, falling in love she's with her married to Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> what a lucky Goyle. Um, <laughs> Cigar, you are. <laughs> I could do the whole thing uh, if you want. Please don't. Uh... <laughs> well, Rachel, you bring up an excellent point. Yeah. Because he says he heard a woman sing. 
And then he turned around, and then he talks about how beautiful she right. is. At no point does he say she was good at singing. No, he doesn't. Never compliments. <laughs> not a single word about the singing itself. Just says she was singing a song. He heard singing, turned around, a beautiful woman. So he could have been like, dear God in heaven, <laughs> what is that screeching caterwauling coming from? Oh, wow. Look how impossibly tall that woman is. <laughs> um, what a voice like, on Good her. thing she's pretty because she cannot sing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily she is so high above us all that we can barely That's hear right. what she's, she's saying. She's singing to the clouds, really. She's standing on a stage. <laughs> right. She's top, five, six that's, tops. That's why he thinks she's so tall. He doesn't understand that she's three feet off the ground on a stage. My God, she must be 12 feet tall. Um, what a long, anyway. cool woman. That's a microphone stand. What are you talking about? This is a story about a man who fell in love with a microphone stand. <laughs> I saw a hand on two. The way you know this guy's messed up is he just starts throwing in adjectives willy-nilly where they do not belong. Because he says, I saw her heading to the table like a tall, walking, big black cat. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. Like a tall, walking, big black yeah. cat. Jaguar. Once again, mentioning the fact that she's tall. Mm -hmm. Cannot get over it. <laughs> Cannot get over the sight of a 5'9 woman. Right. A tall, walking big black cat. Now, she's heading to the table. Presumably, she's walking. Th those, those words are not in the right order. And back me up here, right? You wouldn't say a tall, walking big black cat. And again, tall and big are have one word between he, them. He's obsessed with the size of this uh, woman. Unless he's using it like tall walking, like like standing tall and proud, like walking tall and proud. Huh? I'm sticking is that, up is for that a, him. <laughs> is that a for saying, no good though? reason. Yeah, walking tall walking is. Walking tall is a state. Is, but he doesn't say. He says tall walking. Yeah, but if you... Well, that's he, what I'm saying. That's because he did it wrong. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. The words are out of order. That's that's. I'm agreeing with you guys. <laughs> But, or yeah. he's comparing her to a cat that walks on its hind legs. And have you ever seen the video of that cat that walks on its hind legs? Oh, it's so freaky. Because that's, that's how a cat would be tall. <laughs> no, the guy's like eight whiskeys in, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, now this goes back to my theory. That's a walking that cat. <laughs> this guy's are drinking a ton of whiskey. And unlike our hard-bitten detective from before, this guy's wasted. Yeah. He can be barely taste. Look at that tall walking big black cat over there i think i believe that is a woman sir i don't think that's again oh, it's a cat it's it's gigantic it's gotta be like nine feet You're tall look at different her words now look she's got a pair of 45s on her i don't what does that's that not mean a thing. See, that, this makes sense it, because like when he says the whiskey bottles are piling high maybe they're just his whiskey bottles that's what i'm saying like if he's look, like to the it. bartender like look at these whiskey bottles piling high sorry i'm gonna cut you off she looks <laughs> She looks like a, a coffee 40. house. Leave the bottle. Like a, Sir, we don't leave the looks, bottles. 
I don't I don't yeah. know what you've seen in movies, but we don't just leave you with the bottle of liquor. This is a speakeasy. We serve this out of a bathtub, so <laughs> leave the bathtub. so all right well anyway so she's a tall walking big black cat (laughs) when charlie said i hope that you're able boy because i'm telling you she knows where it's at who the hell he made a friend he made a friend now is this this friend he's undercover but is is this his partner is this is this another FBI agent? It's Charlie. So. Everybody knows Charlie. It's, it's Charlie. Charlie. It's Speakeasy. You know him. Speakeasy Charlie. Speakeasy Charlie. Come on. Yeah. You know he hangs around with that big black cat. cat. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I will say this: every song from this era, late '60s, early '70s, if the, if it's a story song, there is always one character who knows where it's at. Oh yeah. Yeah. Charlie is the buddy that he made in the speakeasy that he's going to be torn about later about whether or not he should turn Charlie in. And at some point, yeah, he's going yeah, to yeah. turn his gun on Charlie. But then at the last minute, he's going to put his gun up in the air and scream as he shoots off, uh, right. shoots off some shots. He's, he, he's as the police are raiding the place, he's going to turn to Charlie and be like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to, and, gonna, and he's he'll gonna... say, but, but, just go. <laughs> yeah. And they'll like throw rocks at him and be like, can't you see we don't want you anymore? <laughs> uh, just Char- get out of here. As Charlie's running away, he's like, I'll call you Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Also, Charlie's a, a Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> this bar has I love- everything. <laughs> I love that you knew I was referencing Harry and the Hendersons. Um. So, uh, so what's going on? Right. Okay. So, uh, we meet Charlie, um, and just as quickly as we meet him, he's gone because he's never mentioned That's again right. in the story. Um, oh, cause he told uh, him to get out of here. Right. Well, she, he, Charlie says that, uh, the big tall, no, what is it? The big walking, no, the tall, tall walking, walking big, big black, black cat. cat. Charlie says that the tall walking big black cat knows where it's at. Yeah. Um, then suddenly... We heard sirens, and everybody started to run. To the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> to dance to the novelty <laughs> song, <laughs> Tall Walking Big Black Cat. Um, uh, it's the, it's so, the B-side of Disco Duck. Right. So uh, we, we heard sirens. Everybody started to run. A jumping out of doors and tables when I heard somebody shooting a gun. Took a turn. So, yeah. Well, first of all, I have not fast. Second of all, people are popping out of tables. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> jumping out of doors. Sure, they jump out of... Wait, who's right. jumping? Is it the cops coming in or is it the people Here's leaving? A, I could see the you know people jumping it's, out of doors, but then tables? Right. The, it, was a, it was a surprise birthday party and someone's supposed to jump out of a cake and they didn't have the cake and they were like, you know, just jump out of the table. Yeah, just, just do that. Like, you don't know how tables work. It's fine. It's like when um, Ellen does that thing where she scares celebrities and they pop out of that en- that end table that she has <laughs> on her set. That's what it is. This isn't them uh, raiding a speakeasy. This is them scaring celebrities. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It's a big celebrity hangout. That's right. It's like a newsreel. It's like, yowza, yowza. Charlie Chaplin gets pumped. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> The little trab looks like a little fool. 
so yeah, so they're jumping out of tables. Yeah. Now, here's the other problem is uh here's what you do out of a door. You run out of it. Right. You don't really need to jump out of a door. You could jump out of a window right. because there's part of the walls in the or way. Or a table. But you the whole, clearly jump out of but a the table. Whole, well, you clearly could jump out of a table. Um but yeah, a door you ru- you you don't have to jump because that's why a door is designed the way it is, so you can just walk in and yeah. out of it. So you know what it is? I don't it's know. a. It was like one of those like country doors that have like a top and bottom part, and nobody opened the oh, bottom part, yeah. so it was just the top part. What the heck are those called? Barn doors? It's not barn doors. It's not a barn door though, because barn doors are are things. That I don't are know. Barn. Somebody let us know. I have a. I do have a question though about those doors. <laughs> I'm so do, glad I brought it up. <laughs> do did those doors ever serve any purpose? Other than for like Keystone Cop style comedies for people to run into them. Or old sitcoms because, for people to lean on them. Sure, sure. But like why have a door that's in two parts? Again, other than so that someone can not realize that the bottom half is right. closed and walk into it with their stomach yeah. or not realize the top half is closed and smash into it and fall down comically. Right. By the way, they're called Dutch doors. Thank you. Mm. Anybody ask the Dutch? Okay. So they were jumping out of doors and tables. Do you guys want to know the real reason why they're jumping out of tables? Sure. Okay. Uh, this is a little behind the scenes uh, from my research, is that originally they were supposed to jump out of doors and windows, but he just said the wrong word when he was singing what? the song. What? <laughs> so that's the reason. That's amazing. That's he just, awesome. He just messed up. Um, hey, should we record that bit again? No. Um, we're just nope. at the hour, and we cannot afford another hour in this studio. <laughs> it's just going to have to be good enough. So, um, no one's ever going to hear this song, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, uh, they were jumping out of doors and tables when I heard somebody shooting a gun. Now, who? Not, no idea who's shooting a gun. I assume they're shooting it at the FBI or but we we never find out. Is it out. Charlie? Maybe oh, he doesn't get Charlie? to maybe he doesn't get to tell Charlie that like he's an undercover cop and Charlie's like I'm going to save you buddy and he runs out and he starts to like try and shoot shoot at the FBI and then he comes out right. and he goes you should have stayed inside. See, I thought this is when Poor they Charlie. when they um when they raid the bar. Yeah. Or the speakeasy rather. Like know that it's it's like the the the, the the FBI like coming into the bar and just shooting immediately. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. Well, I mean, but, hey, listen, sure, why not? But I mean, I guess it was just chaos. It could be every. I mean, it was the. 19- I'm picturing scenes from Dick Tracy. Yeah, it's so. the 19 like 20s, 30s. There's you know everybody's sure. shooting off guns. Well, but the thing though is, and I mean, again, this this whole FBI operation doesn't seem that great. But if you're gonna have the 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 either the cops or the FBI agents are both coming in shooting uh what you might want to do on that call with the da is have the da be like hey by the way uh you should probably leave uh because you are undercover fbi agent are going to be in the direct line of fire as we come in guns a blazing to this speakeasy that's what he says oh no no no! i've been wearing my fbi shirt this whole time i said why are you doing (laughs) why are you doing this i took it off for a little bit but again it got chilly i put it back on um I feel like that's another reason why you don't have sirens, right? Because you don't want to give people a heads up that a raid is about to happen. That's true. I think you want to just bust in with the raid, yeah. right? You put those sirens on the car, no matter how much 
They ask for it. <laughs> um, I don't think he can do it because that's really that's again that's giving away the raid. Yeah. So I, but I think they're coming, and I think it's the the bad men who are shooting back at yeah. them. Um, but we never find out no. because the next line is, "Well, the DA was a pump in my left hand," so it's all it's over. Done. It's all over. We have jumped to the end of the movie. Um, we don't really know what happens. I mean, presumably everyone gets arrested. Yeah. Well, that's uh, why he's pumping his left hand. He's shaking his hand. Well, no, I understand that. But I'm his saying we don't get any information. That's weird. Was a pump in my, I guess that is weird, right? Yeah, and I'm a lefty. Yeah. It's right, yeah, it's right hand. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe they're doing like a photo. And he's like raising his hand possible? up like a, like a winner. I don't know. No, yeah. Oh, and when they were developing the photo, they uh, they flipped the negative. That's it. That's so it. when he yeah, saw yeah, it in the yeah. paper, uh, he was like, "Oh, it's my left hand." Yeah, he was on um, on a Zoom call actually, and it mirrors what he does. So it's very <laughs> confusing. <laughs> but but this was it. But again, the DA. I'd like to point out and listen. And the DA said, I, "I'm not a cat." And, yeah, and listen, I'm not I, I'm not in law enforcement, so I don't know. But the DA. Pumping the hand of the FBI agent, there's going to be some sort of like jurisdictional fight over who gets to get this collar. Is it the FBI? Right. Is it the DA? Because I don't think they work completely in tandem. Again, isn't it I a don't... state versus federal thing? Unless I'm t- way off, which does, I pretty does, much could be. <laughs> does federal have well, who would prosecute? For federal, I got no clue. Not it. I don't know. I don't know. Is that the DOJ? I don't know who does uh. that. All right. Well, this is why we don't write songs about 1930. See, speeds, there we go. We have no idea what there we're we talking go. about. So, the DA was a pump in my left hand, and she was a hold in my right. Well, I told her, "Don't get scared, because you're gonna be scared. Because uh, you're gonna be spared." Excuse me. I've got to be forgiven if I want to spend my living with a long, cool woman in a black okay, dress. That I don't. Those two, I don't understand those lines. I don't okay. understand those lines. First of all, even as a kid, I remember there's something, and I this song's great. I'll listen to this song over and over and over again. Something about yes. the way these three lines or are or four lines are read or sung. Drive me nuts. There's something about the rhythm he uses to try and fit all those words in that <laughs> drives me nuts. Okay. That's all. And, and now, uh, and now right. seeing the lyrics, I don't even understand it. I told her don't get scared because well, you're going to be spared. Great. Thank you. Right. I've got to be forgiven if I want to spend my living. Forgiven by who? The long, cool woman? The DA? Who? Right. Well, I think he, because I, I think what he's saying, he's not turning her in. Although I don't know what she did wrong. She was singing a song. In the she speakeasy. was singing a song, side by side. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like is that is that illegal to sing a song? I mean, she's she caught in a speakeasy? speakeasy. Yeah, she was caught in a speakeasy. Okay, I mean, I'm, so I guess she just, probably just, had a couple drinks. But it, so probably just just being in there. But again, who's was enough who, to get arrested? Who's getting? Who's being? Who's forgiving him? I've got to be well, forgiven for, he's, if I want to spend my living. No, no, no. I think he's saying I he have is to be forgiving. For, he's being forgiving to her. Oh, forgiving if I want to spend right. my living. And I think he's Oh, that being, makes more sense. But also, relax, dude. You, what are you, you such well, a hero? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think he is 
I, what's the word I want? He, he's, he's, he's joking. He's, he's saying I have to be forgiving to her. I have to forgive the crimes that she's done, even though like, he's you the know, one that got Charlie. He, killed. All, well, well, I know Charlie's dead, <laughs> but forget about him. Finds out Charlie was, Look, was her brother. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this guy is definitely, you know, not, he's gotta be games before. Hames, I don't know what the phrase would be. Yeah, so he's forgiving her for her crimes, and he's not turning. Her I just in. rolled my eyes. How, okay, I don't blame you because because in the second half of that is I gotta be forgiven if I want to spend my living. Guess what? That's not the correct f- phrase because no. it should be if I want to spend my life. Right. If I want to spend my living, sounds like oh, I guess me is that what he's saying that he's spending all his money on her? No. No. I got to be forgiven if I want to spend my living. No, I think you're right. I think he's just saying and and I think he's just saying that if I want to spend my living, my whole living life with a long cool right. woman in a black dress. Also, did he ask her? Well, here's the thing. Like, so speaking of bedrock <laughs> things to build a relationship yeah. on. She has a choice. She can either go to jail, yep, or date this guy. Yeah. <laughs> that is what that is the options that are on the table for I'll her. I'll forgive you so, if you marry me. If you spend, right. let me spend my whole living with you. It's like she says, you know what? I'm going to think about it. Let me spend a night in jail. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, let me ask you a question. Um, are you busy Saturday night? And if you say no, the answer is also yes, because you're going to be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, obviously, I mean, maybe she likes this guy or maybe she just really doesn't want to go to prison. And is being completely coerced and manipulated into going out with him. Who knows? We'll but never know. The point is, the point is, I hope those two crazy kids are really happy. <laughs> <laughs> they really are going to make it. They're really going to make it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he doesn't turn her in. Um, you know, again, everyone else goes to jail. Uh, the sequel is, you know, Charlie, uh, who was horribly scarred and injured yep. in the raid getting out of prison, um, tracking him down. That's right. Uh, it's, you know. That's right. Cape Fear um, style. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Just laughing hysterically in, the movie in a movie theater. theater. <laughs> uh, um, watching Charlie Chaplin get punked on a newsroom. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So, and then he says, uh, if I want to keep living with a long, cool woman in a black dress, just a five nine, beautiful tall. Uh, yeah. With just one look, I was a bad mess because that long, cool woman had it all, had it all, had it all, had it all. And that's it. That's, that's all it. we 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 get the beginning. Completely skip over the raid in the middle and get to the mm-hmm. love story at the end. Any other thoughts on this song? I mean, it's a classic. It's a great song that I had no idea what any of it meant. Right. All right, so let's do Expanded Universe. Expanded Universe! So this is very similar to The Night Chicago Died. Um, this song takes place in an alternate 1920s okay. um, where uh, none of the details make any sense because it was written <laughs> by British people. Uh, right. So in this one, um, yeah, the, the FBI uh, calls the DA to come arrest uh, speakeasies. They call speakeasy boozers, which they do not do. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there was a, a war between the cops and the mob that where they killed a hundred cops. None of these things happened, but they did. in what I like to call uh British 1920s America. What? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I mean, maybe uh, this is all happening. The night Chicago died. Maybe this is the same thing. Maybe this raid happening, which is what makes the alternate universe in which Al Capone goes crazy and, and declares war Ooh. on the cops. Um, there you go. But I would this say never this never happened. Yeah. But I would say this happens in Chicago and it's all connected. Um, that sounds right. I, that feels right. I'll definitely say a lot of these gangsters who got arrested ended up in Folsom prison. This universe has one prison. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> where they gotta go and i don't think that he is the guy from all she wants to do is dance but i do think that his maybe it's like his son is the guy followed in his dad's footsteps almost exactly i think the hero i think the hero of the song yeah is the son of uh no, no. the father the father yes, yes 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 so don henley is the child of the FBI guy and long cool woman in a black dress. Yes, and I'm gonna he say that. and he oh. winds up in a similar situation. Yeah, with, uh, you know, with the lady from All She Wants to Do Is Dance, and he perpetuates the sins of the father. That's right. The father said, "Don, we didn't want you to be like me," and the mother said, "Meow." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Especially because you're so tall. What are you five <laughs> ten? Look how I, I can barely <laughs> look how tall you are. You can barely fit in this room. Dad, I'm five ten. I'm totally not, normal height a normal for a person. Height for a man. Um, duck your head when you leave this room, Dad. <laughs> What are you talking about? We You're a monster. We have vaulted ceilings. <laughs> when you walk down the street, children scream. <laughs> Women hide their eyes from you. You're so tall. You have to use both halves of the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man anything so, else yeah you no. think uh this um detective who's working for the fbi uh is by any chance named billy mack uh maybe or again maybe this is a you know this is a not a descendant a uh ancestor yeah. Of of Billy Mac, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like maybe he he's on vacation in Chicago from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um Well, I think and- he might I think he might be related to the long cool woman because she knows where it's at and he knows what the facts is. Yeah. That's so true. I feel like that's true. that that runs in the family. The whiskey yeah, yeah, yeah. the whiskey is pure petamore. Mm. Pure oh, petamore. Yeah. That came right from Copperhead Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you cannot order uh, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer in this speakeasy. No. It's like we have nope. one nope. bathtub full right. of whiskey. They sell it by the bathtub. That's the thing. They're, they they're like one of those the like. They're like <laughs> you can have like, ice cream out of a bathtub too, but that's only because we're in quarantine and you have to have something to eat with what you drink. <laughs> uh, we also yeah, got a guess- jar full of eggs. I get a, I'll get a bathtub full of whiskey, and I guess a bathtub full of disco fries. What I, you only sell things by the bathtub, right? I just want to be clear. So, um, he heard somebody shooting a gun, uh, and he doesn't tell us who. So I'm guessing it was Rico. Mm. Oh, Rico! I think you know what I'm going to say. This this song, 
ever like a lot of other story song characters are related to these two people. Yeah. Like they had they I'm gonna say they had like twelve kids. Yeah. Um, who then went out into the world and birthed most of the stories yeah. from the from the kid. Because yes. Are you I think saying Re- I think Rico is like a you know, a grandson yeah. of these people. Uh Petamores are involved. Uh Don Henley is is involved here. Um, you know, someone in this family had to carry on the tradition of singing in a bar. Yeah. Possibly so, for the lost and lonely. Yeah, absolutely. Some lady so named Pearl. Course. All right, I'll get on Ancestry.com and start the story song, <laughs> story song family tree. Well, I think, I mean, the guy who, who shoots the gun could be Rico. The singer could be mm-hmm. Lola. This bar mm. could be the Copacabana. This all could happen. This isn't just the same universe. This is the same night. Copacabana, right. the night Chicago died, and oh. uh, and Long Cold Woman all the same night. So you, so our narrator thinks that the shooting begins because of the raid, but actually, no, it's unrelated. It's because of the fight between Rico and yeah. who was the other guy, Tony? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so, and that's what caused it. Mm. That's why people are literally jumping out of tables because yeah. they don't even know what to do. <laughs> They're so freaked out by the shooting. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And Lola's on break. That's why. That's when Pearl know, starts singing. Because we don't know what we don't know the exact year, right? Of that. No, because it's a I mean, disco, it's a but not for Lola. A, I'm no, saying it later. T- it's a disco. Talking about Copacabana. Copacabana. Later, it's a disco. But not right. for Lola. Lola's back when it was a d- speakeasy. Well, right. I mean, you could assume that it was like a like a club. No, yeah, like maybe she like a yeah club club. Like it's a, a high end speakeasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could so. be a speakeasy. I, I mean, in theory, I'm guessing like Copacabana would be about mm-hmm. twenty years after this. But let's not talk about it too much, Michael. Yeah. Michael, Michael, Michael. Let's Michael. not talk about it too much. Let's not we, ruin this. What we, what we. <laughs> you, you really, you really want to stretch here, buddy. You want to, you want to, you want to. Anything that could physically possibly be true <laughs> is true. You see what I'm saying? You make it work. We'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will bend space and time. <laughs> this right. is a song about an FBI man who marries a giant cat and has Don Henley as a kid. So. <laughs> Did you the not Cobra- see that Doctor Who episode? <laughs> the Copacabana is a speakeasy, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I mean, I'll take it. Uh, it's okay. a real fancy speakeasy. That's right. With a big uh, sign that says Copacabana on it. It's not a very hidden speakeasy. They're not good at the speakeasy part of it. but. And right. Pearl sings on Tuesday nights. Yep. Um. Oh, maybe that's yeah. the 45, because Pearl once cut a record. Oh, yeah. So maybe they're walking around selling Pearl's records. Right, or she just carry she just carries them. They're like, you got to buy these records. <laughs> They're two for one, please. <laughs> <laughs> same song. I'll give you a pair of forty fives. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a, pair a side, of- B side, same song, and I got two of them. Can you buy two of them? You, you can hear the same song four times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. All right, let's uh, cut it off there. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll talk about the history of this song with story behind the story. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hello. I'm Jen Beverelli. And I'm Mikey Beverelli. And we have a podcast called Buried, Buried Broadway. Broadway. On our podcast, Buried Broadway, we discover, dissect, and demystify forgotten Broadway musicals that we most likely found on vinyl for a dollar. Those hidden Broadway gems like Wildcat starring Lucille Ball, Flowers for Algernon starring the Phantom of the Opera himself, Michael Crawford, and even a rockin' musical version of The War of the Worlds. In our podcast, Buried Broadway, we go through biographies of key artists, summarize the plot, Play clips of the music, pick audition cuts, and hopefully throw in a good joke or two along the way. You can find our podcast, Buried Broadway, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's probably on whatever you're listening to this podcast with, so just go subscribe right now so you don't forget. And just to make sure you remember, we'll sing it for you. Buried Broadway! All right, we're back. It's time for Story Behind the Story. How did this story come to be? Um... I'm going to say this at the top. I did a lot of research on this one, and the Hollies are one of those very annoying bands where uh, basically people come in and go out every six months. Um, And sometimes they leave and then they come back again. Uh, There was one story I read where uh, I believe the bass player had quit over royalties um, and then had rejoined the band but wasn't on their next song because when the band was recording it, they did not realize he had rejoined the band, so they hired another bass player <laughs> to play on the song. Um, it's that kind of thing. So yeah. my point is, is that I'm going to kind of go through some of this stuff quickly. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, if you know the Hollies really well and I left something out, I don't know. Write me a nasty email, I guess. Um, <laughs> Let me say this so, though: a nice before you email start, explaining it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be a nasty email. Um, before you start. I will say this, the Hollies, for some reason, I always think that they're much earlier than they are. Yes, Mm -hmm. I was Mm going to say that. And it could be because I think the Hollies and then like go Buddy Holly. Yeah. And then I realized like his his band wouldn't be called the Hollies. That would just be, that'd be a little much. Yeah, That would be a bit much. Yeah, Long Cool Woman, I always thought was much earlier than when it was. 
Right. Uh, well, let's talk about it. So, uh, Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress um, was released April 17th, 1971. Uh, hit number two on the US High 100. Uh, and it also was number one in Canada, number two in Australia, and, and this is important, number 32 in the UK, which mm. is where the Hollies are from. Um, but it w- did hit number two in uh, the US. Now, uh, the Hollies were formed in 1962. Um, so that's nine full years before this song was released. Um, and uh, it was formed by Graham Nash and Alan Clark, who were grade school friends, and originally formed a duo called Ricky and Dane Young. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I bet it was to um, mess with some of their other friends. I bet well, you. I, again, I did a lot of research, a lot of looking around. Everywhere I found confirmed that their group was called Ricky and Dane Young. Nowhere did it mention why that was. Uh, So I have no idea why they picked that name, but that's what they were called. Um, So then after hooking up with various different bands over the years, they formed the Hollies, and the main members were Graham Nash, Alan Clark, uh, Eric Haydock, Tony Hicks, and Bobby Elliott. Uh, And they called themselves the Hollies in honor of Buddy Holly. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Well, there there you go. go. Um, Now, the Hollies sort of weirdly had the same trajectory as the Beatles. However, as we'll discover, even though they were technically one of the British Invasion bands, they didn't actually really have very many hits until later. Uh-huh. Um, but they were they were uh, they caught the attention of Palomar Records after a show in January 1963 at the famous Cavern Club. Uh, this go. is this again is almost the exact path the Beatles followed, pl- uh, playing regularly at the Cavern Club. When they were spotted by producer George Martin, who signed them to uh, Parlophone. Did I say Parlophone? I feel like I saw something else. Anyway, you said something else. But okay, but they so but they were they signed were not... to Parlophone just from the Cavern Club, just like the Beatles. Yes, Rachel. But not George Martin. They were not spotted by George Martin. No. Okay. The Hollies were uh, spotted by uh, were spotted by Martin George um, <laughs> because uh, right. they are they are the Bizarro uh, Beatles. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so they were a minor part of the British invasion. Uh, though it took them a while before they had any notable chart success. Uh, most of their success came in the form of covers, like Just One Look and Searching, which had already been hits for Doris, Troy, and the Coasters, respectively. Uh, they were hits in the, U- in the UK, but it didn't get much traction in the US. They finally hit the chart with an original song in September of 1965, when their song Look Through Any Window hit number 32 on the US High 100, although it was written by an outside songwriter, Graham Gouldman. I've never heard that song. Um, well, Gouldman would write their next hit, Bus Stop, which broke the band even more in the U.S., hitting number five on the High 100 in June 1966. That song is fun. Yeah. Never knew it was called Bus Stop. Well, the other problem with the Hollies is that they're also one of those bands that, like, every hit they have sounds different. Yes. Than than their other hits. So it's really, like, you might know that, like, oh, this song's by the Hollies, but, like, they don't really have, like, an identity. Maybe you know it's because they keep changing up people. Well, yes, I agree. <laughs> well, that, yeah. it, it, they span it's- enough time. Time. Right, where like music in in a short period of time, music sort of changes, yeah, and they kind of in a in a, a pretty big way, and and they kind of like go in and out of genres where they're they're sort of like 
British invasion sounding. Then there's sort of like singer songwriter sounding. So in in October of 1966, they released their first album that contained entirely original material by the band members. That album was called For Certain Because in the UK and Stop, Stop, Stop in the US. Uh, And it peaked at number 91 in the US. Um, I could not confirm this, but I'm assuming the title, the US title, had something to do with the fact that the Beatles' help came out the year before. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, Beatles? The Beatles did so well with one exclamation point. Right. One four-letter word. Imagine us. Uh, We're throwing in three. We're throwing in three here. Yeah. So it feels like they're definitely trying to drift off the Beatles uh, as best they can. Um, which, by the way, if you're going to drift off somebody, not a bad, no. not a bad uh, a group of guys to to go off of. But um, they had also they just had, seen Oklahoma, and they were like, exclamation points really work, <laughs> right? Wave of the future, I think. Yeah, yeah. They're like, guys, the '60s are all about exclamation points, <laughs> and only exclamation points. That's, that's all. Right. That's all the '60s we remembered for. Um, so they did have a few more top 10 hits or near top 10 uh, in the U.S., like Stop, 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 uh, Carrie Ann and On a Carousel. Um, I listened See, to all these songs. they've seen Carousel, too. Right. <laughs> I listened to all these songs, and I was like, oh, I guess I know this song. So, um, so now Graham Nash left the band in August of 1968 Yeah. Uh, to form Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Never heard of him. He, he was replaced... <laughs> By Terry Sylvester. What a terrible idea. He should have stayed with the Hollies. Um, so after Nash's departure, the Hollies were trucking along. Uh, they're having a couple of decent hits written by outside songwriters, most notably He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. So on we song's amazing right but yeah. sounds nothing like nothing. bus stop or right. a long cool woman in a black <laughs> dress well that's that's <laughs> one of those songs that that sounds like 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 a singer songwriter kind of song and it it sounds like it would be like a an early 70s one hit wonder right i just yes i just did a birthday video for my brother to that song and i was floored i had no idea who sang he ain't heavy he's my brother I was floored to find out it was the Hollies. Right. Never well, Michael would have guessed it. I mean, Michael, it's funny you say that because I feel like every one of at, at least all their main hits. Let's say Bus Stop, uh, He Ain't Heavy with My Brother, Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress, and they have one more. What's the other one? Um, no, it's not that. Well, anyway, it's somewhere in here. Wasn't but Carrie my point Ann being. I guess so, but my point is, is that I feel like all of their hits are kind of, sort of one-hit wonders. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I don't think anyone's like, right, "Oh, the right. new Holly song." It's right. just the song itself is popular. But like you said, no, like Rachel, you did not know that that oh. song was the same band that sang "Bust Up" and the same band that did "Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress." Yeah. Um, oh, the air that I breathe. That's the yes. one. Yes. yes. Thank you. That's an amazing So that's song. another one. But that sounds like Air Supply or something. Yes. That, yeah, that sounds later. That sounds almost right. Yacht Rocky. Seeing the success that Graham Nash was having in CSNY, 
1971, Alan Clark was itching to quit the group, and he made a solo album. I had to read the Wikipedia article like six times to understand what was going on here. So try to follow this if you can. Okay. So Alan Clark releases a solo album in 1971. So after the release of the Hollies 1971 album, Distant Light, Distant Light, which fulfilled their contract with Parlophone, Clark announced that he was leaving to the surprise of the band. So the Hollies recruited Swedish singer Michael Rickfors to replace Clark, signed with Polydor, and released a single called Baby. Okay? Okay. Got me so far? So, yeah. so, so the band switched record labels. Alan Clark is out of the band. Uh-huh. Right. They, they get a new singer who's Swedish. Sure. And the band signs with a different label. Got it. In a counter-programming move and to promote Clark's solo career, they plucked a song written by Clark and featuring him on lead vocals and guitar and released it as a single. Now, this was a Holly song that they pulled off an old album and released as a single to promote Alan Clark's new solo career. You got me so far? I think so. so. The record company did. The record company. Okay. Okay. Got pulled it. an old Holly song with Clark singing and playing guitar and basically was trying to be like, hey, this is him as a solo artist because he's mostly, it was mostly him, but it really was the Hollies. Okay. And it also was to basically be jerks to the rest of the Hollies who had gone to a different label. Right. <laughs> and release a single at the same time. Okay. Everybody with me? Yes. yes. That song was called Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress. Oh, I've heard which, of it. What? Which unexpectedly became a huge hit in the US and peaked at number two. So, but they, but it was released as a Hollies Well, it was never released as, as, no, it was never released as a single. But what I'm saying is, did they, but they, you just said they released it, right? They plucked they it. They released it. They released it, but they released it as a, as a, who released it? <laughs> Is it a solo? It, was it? Was it? It was, was it to Bill? promote his. No, it was. It was credited to the Hollies. It was okay. Okay, that was what yes. I was confused about. Okay, got it. So it was both to promote his solo career, but also right. the record label they left. They put it out to compete with the single on their new album, right? On their new label, excuse me. So to, to make like, a little money off the Hollies now that they've left the label. Well, basically to mess with them, well, to try cool. to like hurt their, because now there's two Holly singles out at the same time, an old one and a new one, right? So, and it totally worked because I'd never heard of Baby and obviously Long Cool Woman was a big hit. So, but it was an old song. So it was not, it was never intended to be released as a single. It was some old song they plucked out of obscurity, put it out as a single and it became a huge hit. Okay. Okay. Um, so. Uh, so it became a big hit. The Hollies uh, were did not have Clark at the time, so it was Terry Sylvester, the guy who originally p- replaced Graham Nash, who sang the song in concert. I told you, this is all very confusing. <laughs> so they um, had a hit with a song by a singer well, who wasn't with the band, right. so the and new guy had on, to go out and sing it. Uh, yeah, and everybody in the concert, they started singing it, everybody in the concert was like, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, <laughs> why does this sound different? So then Clark did release his solo album, which was called My Name is Arnold, which is, oh no, my name is Arold, excuse uh-huh. me, uh, which is like Harold, but without the H. Uh, like he's, Henry Iggins. Right. He's British. I guess it's supposed to be some <laughs> kind of British joke. Um, 
Anyway, that was in 1972. That fell the chart. So combined with the success of Long Cool Woman and the collapse of his solo career, he rejoined the Hollies in July of 1973. <laughs> and I would have oh loved to have been a fly on the wall for that one when he had to knock, come knock. back. Hi, guys. Come oh, I'm sure back. when something like that, something like, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I don't think we could take you back. And, and, and he was like, really and they were like no of course that we would never do that to you and then there's like hugs and yeah they um, and then the ending credits yeah and they go out for for uh, ice cream sodas mm-hmm. um so the hollies had a couple more hits into the 70s um but the only one you really need to know about is the air that i breathe because it's such a good song. song occasionally hear that song so um yeah oh so also the other thing about Long Cool Woman, uh, which I'm talking about a little bit, but that song, uh, probably everyone thinks that's by uh, Creed's Clearwater Revival, right? Because that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah. So you got Bus Stop is like a, uh, you know, British Invasion song. You got Air That I Breathe, which is Yacht Rock. You got, you know, uh, Long Cool Woman, which is like Creedence swamp rock i mean the, the, my point is they're just all over the place there's yeah. no rhyme or reason to anything um yeah uh, he ain't heavy is like you know james taylor style like singer songwriter right. early 70s stuff so um the hollies ladies and gentlemen what can i say <laughs> um so long cool woman of black dress is written by clark uh and the songwriting team of roger cook and roger greenaway the Rogers. The Rogers. Everyone knows him as the Rogers. Everybody knows the Rogers. Um, Cook and Greenaway uh, also wrote "I Like to Teach the World to Sing." Oh, that song's mm. awesome. That um, Coke commercial. Yes. Well, it was a it was a song. It was oh, a song. The Coke commercial. They made it into a Coke commercial, which makes me assume that they met Don Draper, which is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was recorded at Air Studios in London. Uh, this is Long Cool Woman. It was recorded at Air Studios in London in July of 1971. I was specifically well, yeah, modeled. Like to teach the world to sing was recorded on a hilltop. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> and it was specifically uh, modeled after CCR. Uh, and I saw some stuff saying that John Fogerty actually tried to sue the band uh, for the song sounding too much like their song Green River. Um, but I couldn't find anything that confirmed that he actually tried to do that. It was just stuff people saying that he did it, but I couldn't wow. find anything you know saying what? that he did. Thinking yeah. about it now. He's right. Yo, yeah. He, the one thing I did say was there was an interview where for Fogarty uh, said that Long Cool Woman was the best Creedence song we never recorded. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, the Hollies never really stopped. Uh, they just kind of slowly morphed into a nostalgia act. Um, Alan Clark retired from music in 1999, but then recently unretired and released a solo album in 2019 called Resurgence. I can't stop. So, yeah, yeah. So these guys keep being like, I'm out of the Hollies. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> um, so, and then in 2010, the Hollies were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Nice. Well done, Hollies. Yeah. So that's whoever you may be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, they had a, they had a bunch of hits, so yeah. it worked. But uh, yeah, I still, even after doing the research, not really sure who the Hollies were. So right. Um. All right. Everybody. Let's, they were everybody. 
Yeah. Yes. Mm, Everyone yes. and no one at the same time. <laughs> uh, really makes you think. Really makes you think. Yep. Um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Like us on Facebook. You'll get lots of great story song content and we'll break up those crazy political posts from your uncle. Liking the Story Song Podcast on Facebook makes the world a better place for everyone. Except uncles. All right, it's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Let's start with Michael. Michael, what lessons did you learn from this song? I learned um, that if you are a singer in a speakeasy and you want to get noticed by um, anyone in the bar, but specifically an undercover FBI agent, uh, stilts. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's, that's the way to go. You, you want to be noticed. real tall. Yeah. That's, you want to yeah. tower above everybody else in that speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, because when they're like, Oh, uh, you know, you should spare that woman from uh, being arrested, you know. Uh, and if they say what woman, if you say the woman on stilts, they're gonna know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's only gonna be one person. They'll who was, know who you are. Who the tall woman stilts. could be anybody. Right. Anyone. Exactly. But yeah, a woman who's literally on stilts. Uh, my <laughs> point is, is you're gonna stand out. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. So how tall was uh, she? Um, Twelve feet. Boy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Very good she, on stilts. she was she in was, a she was in a um, Uncle Sam costume. Yeah, she was twelve feet, dressed yeah. like Uncle Sam, was juggling. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, Rachel, what'd you learn? Yeah, I learned that if you're an FBI agent, if you want to be do the nice thing, you call the local authorities to let them know what's going on. If you want to do the perfect thing, you send them an edible arrangement. And on the <laughs> note, you say, thanks for having us in your district. Here's the deal. It's going to go a long way. They're just going to remember you. Right. That's just basic marketing for FBI. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, what a, I mean, what a lovely bouquet. Look at these. Fl- they're not flowers. They're pineapples. Right. <laughs> is, is that cantaloupe? Oh, my gosh. This time of year. Can you imagine? Ugh. I mean, I got, I brought down the whole gang and I got a Jelly of the Month Club subscription. This, this is, is so nice. Fantastic. You uh, know those FBI? Now, the, what you don't know is that all of those things are bugged because they're still the FBI. You're right. still the FBI. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, the pineapple tasted great. The transistor radio inside, I was not <laughs> it's really a fan of. But, bit much. Um, Daniel. If you are in a speakeasy and a beautiful woman is walking over to your table, you had better be the one who is falling in love with her and is going to date her. Because if you're not, you are, you are what I like to call the Charlie. <laughs> and nobody wants to be the Charlie because you're either going to be dead or arrested and your friend who you told the Told you, you know, tell him all about the hot girl. Uh, he's gone. By the way, he also was an FBI agent, yeah. and now he's shaking the DA's hand. Where are you? 
he betrayed you. Where are you? You're, you're, uh, you got a bull in your leg and you're being carted off to prison at Folsom yeah. because you are, once again, as I like to call, the Charlie. So what I'm trying <laughs> to say is your, your, your goal in life is to avoid at all times being the Charlie. You know what I'm yep. saying? All right. Yep. Uh, that's the lesson I learned. <laughs> so <laughs> is it specific? Yes. Is it actionable? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this uh, has been the Story Song Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please follow us on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're your podcast, well, we'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, tell your friends. Tell them to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Um, tell, you know, tell them to listen to the show. Uh, you tell a friend, they tell two friends, they and tell so two on, friends. And so on. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so thanks again for listening. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening one more time and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song Say it. Say now. Ago. Do you joke? <clears throat> just, when, just when they said he was pumping my left hand, I should have been like, "Well, because the British they they drive and shake on the on the other side." Of the <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been, been good. Go, it would have been you good. You want to go back and, and redo it? Yeah, let's let's, let's go back from, from that know, point. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Let's start all over again. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.